All right, Tim Blaine Shapiro, Divorce661.com, Day in the Life of an LDA, Divorce661 Daily Perspective, Episode 32. Let me know what you think of the music. It actually relaxes me. I put on a four and a half hour self-help live stream on Saturday. For those of you who joined, thank you. All righty, hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Everyone's back in action. Mondays was busier than ever today. What do we have going on? Five consultations, two new cases, both in LA County. Uh, had uh, several approvals, uh, San Diego case, South County uh, approval. Um, three weeks for approval, by the way, very fast. Um, keep in mind in San Diego, the main court's taking three months uh, for approval. Um, the smaller counties, North County, South County, um, are generally a little faster. North County, not so much. South County, yes, we're talking about San Diego, obviously still but uh i think south county just has less cases we got three weeks uh for approval on a judgment um, and had a san Bernardino case approved uh looks like two and a half months for approval which is pretty standard for them um completed three la county divorce cases today the judgment packages settlement agreement and one for yellow county and uh, judgment submitted for approvals in kern county it was in red ridgecrest actually again uh, last one we did for Ridgecrest in Kern County took about three weeks, whereas Kern County Central Bakersfield Court is taking six plus months. Just crazy. So in those cases, I'd recommend you file in your local jurisdiction. Um, and that's what we had today. Um, I wanted to a little bit of a rant, if you will. You know, I've um, and I should remind you guys now. I was talking about that live stream. We didn't have very many people attend, but, you know, I don't say this often enough, but hit the bell notification, the subscribe button, all that good stuff. Um, so you get notified when I go live, when you're notified when I do a new video and whatnot. Um, I do a lot. I did several today, seven videos today, plus this will go out at five o'clock for my daily perspective update. Uh, one thing that kind of grinded me today, you know, I've done... Um, 2,900 now and counting YouTube videos, countless hundreds of videos on YouTube, TikTok and Facebook and Instagram and all that. In addition to the YouTube videos, I go live for free self-help when I can. I do these daily perspectives that give updates on uh, just more information on issues clients are having. And today I actually had someone who scheduled a consultation, um, which I let them know I wasn't able to do the consultation because it was clear that their their intent that they had they had completed all their own paperwork, and they had no intention of hiring me. They just wanted you know 15 minutes of my time to help them finalize their paperwork so they could submit it to court. And I nicely indicated to them. I think I want to read the email. Um, I nicely indicated that, to them that you know it's not. I'm not a free service. I'm not the the court self help center. If you need that kind of help, go directly to the self help center. They had mentioned they had watched my videos. You're welcome, by the way. Um, to have them do all their paperwork. So there's your free help. And when I told them I, you know, I can't pick up the phone to spend 15 minutes with someone for free, because I'm not the self, I don't work for the courts. I'm not paid by the courts. This is a private business. It's a for-profit business. At least that's the intention. Um, I'm glad that the videos were helpful to you. And for all of those that you watch them, thank you. Um, but there's no benefit to me in you doing that. I'm doing that for you, not for me. And they do get watched quite a bit. So they were upset because I wouldn't get on the phone with them and basically said that it was, you know, my duty to help them. 
And it's not. It's not my job to help you for free. When you're obviously your intention is to not use my service, why would I pick up the phone and spend 15 minutes when right out the gate? I know you're not going to use my service. Use the videos. Search through the videos for the answer you're looking for. That's why I do so much, so many videos. But it really grinded me today because this person said, you know, um, you know, don't offer free consultations if you're not going to give free consultations. And I told her, I said, you know, in an email exchange, these free consultations are for people who have the intention or consideration of hiring me for the divorce. It's an opportunity for us to discuss um, what you have going on and what I'm able to do for you and see if there's a match and see if we're a good fit for you and helping you with your divorce. Some people hire us, some people don't. But I don't get on the phone and just have a free consultation to help you for completely free for no reason whatsoever. Um, I do offer... Uh, when I, I was talking about earlier, how I go live uh, fairly frequently, and I'll be doing it more often. Take advantage of that. On this Saturday, where were you? I was on there for four and a half hours, providing free information to anyone that jumped on the live stream with YouTube and answering your questions. I think maybe instead of going shopping on Saturday, you should have been on my live stream and I could have helped you, but I'm not going to pick up the phone and give you a free call. What really grinded me about this person is she said that she's going to write me up on Yelp, give me a bad review because I didn't help her for free. Really? And then when I explained to her, I said, hey, I do offer free consultations. I'm reading my email. I do offer free consultations to make sure we're a good fit for people, like I was just saying, um, and thinking of using her service not to provide free help. The free help comes in the way of the videos I provide. Thank you for understanding. You know what her reply was? I feel like you should stipulate that on your website. This is after the nasty message she wrote me saying she's going to report me on Yelp. For whatever reason, she's not even a client. Thank you very much. Can you at least tell me how I file the how I sign the FL 343 and 345? There's no place on the forms to do so. So this person has the goal after laying me out, saying, you know, she's mad because I didn't give her a free consultation, which she expected I should. Um, it's saying she's gonna she's gonna write a bad review on me on Yelp, and then she asked me for help. Unbelievable. Some of you are unbelievable. You're those one percenters that I hope I never have to work with because you're a nightmare. So anyways, got the Tim's temper tantrum in the beginning of this one because really, you know, I wasn't even going to do this video because I was like, you know what? You guys don't appreciate the videos I do. You, you guys complain, but it's just the 1% of you. So I came back and said, I'm going to do, I'm going to keep doing my videos. Um, even though some of you guys don't appreciate them and, and even expect more. All right, let's get into the training today and what happened with the cases that I handled. All right, feeling much better now, feeling a little bit relaxed. The music's helping. All right, let's talk about some of the things that happened. So um, can you, number one, are you still living together when going to file for divorce? And the answer is yes, you can live together. It's not a problem. Um, you do, we even have clients that live together post-divorce for many years, uh, especially considering um, the landscape of, of uh, renting and you know selling or even buying something new with the interest rates and all that. We have people that are living together post-divorce and that's totally fine as well. So yeah, you don't have to be um, separated before you file for divorce. We will be listing a date of separation. Some people say, Tim, well, what date of separation are we going to use? Uh, if we're still living together, we just use the date that we're filing. Number two, finalized judgment and keeping your pension and selling your home and then wanting to modify. So I had a past client reach out to me today where in the settlement agreement, um, he was keeping his pension and they were going to sell the house and split the proceeds. And now that the divorce is final, they decided again, going back to what's going on in real estate and interest rates and so forth, they decided it's not a good time to sell and he wants to buy her out. 
And he asked him, can we modify the judgment to say that I'm going to keep the home and that I'm going to use uh, the 401k to buy her out? And I said, absolutely. We do a stipulation to modify the settlement agreement. And uh, all we'll do is change the terms that they are in effect changing. We're not opening up the case again. We're just doing what's called a stipulation or modification. It's just a document that, we'll, like I said, we're going to state, you know, petitioner's going to keep 100% of the house. And in exchange for 100% of the house, there will be a buyout for X amount of money using the following 401k. And then we will, that monies will be sent over to her in the form of us doing a quadro, a qualified domestic relation order. And um, then that will take care of, of the exchange of funds uh, for them. So you don't have, you know, you can, you don't have to use cash. You can use a 401k for an offset or a buyout. I just made sure that he's, you know, he checked with his CPA because there's, you know, d- there can be some tax implications. Obviously, if you sell your house and split the proceeds, um, there's not going to be taxes on that in most cases um, with the capital, you know, unless there's capital gains. But with um, the Quadro, the monies will move over into another 401k of her choosing. But if she were then to access that money, as far as I know, unless laws have changed, you're going to have that penalty and income tax for the early withdrawal. Number three, I had a call today. Um, They were separated in 2018 um, and husband was deported to Mexico at that time. So I'm assuming that that's the reason for the uh, separation. No assets, no debts or kids. And they asked if we can handle their divorce. And as with most of my answers, my first question is, are you guys amicable? Will your spouse participate, cooperate and sign documents? Because that is the whole ball game, is what I told her. If the answer is yes, they'll sign off and participate and cooperate, then it's a no-brainer. It doesn't matter where you live, in what country. I've talked about this extensively and um, and how ways to do these things, especially if they're out of country, making them the petitioner because of the notary issue. I've had clients in almost, I'd say every country, that, that wouldn't make sense, but Canada, Mexico, Philippines, trying to think what other uh, countries we've had people in, but it makes no difference. They have email access. Um, they can, if it's LA County, like this one is, we can all, we can do electronic signatures on everything, which makes it nice. The notary issue really has become an issue uh, where people have filed before they've hired me and they were the ones to file because they were living in California. And that's become an issue because the notary, in some cases, we were able to get through it with a default without an agreement and didn't need the respondent's signature. In other cases, they did go to the actual consulate, like with the guy in Canada uh, last month to go get the notary. It's just a pain in the butt is all. It's not the end of the world, but if there's that's where you have to go and get your notary is at the consulate. Um, uh, but when you start with me from scratch, like uh, the lady that we spoke today uh, with her husband in Mexico, generally I would make him the petitioner and we would that way he doesn't have to get the notary and have the notary issue. But in their case, they had no assets, no debts, no kids, and they were married less than 10 years. So we're just going to do a summary dissolution, which does not require a notary from either party. And I think that's one of the benefits in using me is structuring how we handle your divorce case. Cause there's many different paths that we can go and the path I send you down or we go down for you in your divorce process um, it was dependent upon your exact situation and scenario. So yeah, summary dissolution will be the answer for them. They're, it's LA County. So we can have them both e-sign, e-file, and it's a done deal. And that'll be a simple process and we'll have them done probably in the next day or so. Number four, today I had two, con- two of the consultations I had today were with uh, clients who 
or callers, I should say, that their spouse had an attorney already. So I kind of had an idea that that was the case because in the um, consultation they scheduled, which you can do at divorce661.com, you can go and schedule a consultation with me. And in the, the, I put in what is the reason for the call or what are your needs? It says, I was served divorce paper. So whenever I hear I was served, I usually um, think, okay, there's probably an attorney involved because like with my clients, you don't get served. No one's getting served. No one's coming to your door. It's all done via portal. It's all done very uh, kosher, very amicable. Uh, No personal service with my process, not required. So whenever I hear someone that says I got served, I generally feel there's attorney involved. So with these two clients, because they're almost identical um, requests in their call, it said, uh, I've been served. So my first question was to them, I said, hey, just real quick, um, does your spouse have an attorney? And they both said yes. And I said, okay, here's the deal when your spouse has an attorney. Personally, I don't like taking on cases where your spouse has an attorney, but then you want me, like you want a paralegal service to help you do your side of the paperwork. While I can do certain functions, I can you know do your response, I can do your disclosures, um, but then but then that's it because then at that juncture you're either going to um, have go to court or you're going to start the process of negotiating the terms of your divorce, and that's where you're going to need to know you know have, probably have some legal advice, know what your rights are, so you can make informed decisions, and that's the type of information I don't provide. So. Generally speaking, if I know you are going to need an attorney in the at some point, I will make that clear that if you want me to do this, I can save you a bunch of money and we can do the response. I can do your disclosures. But after that, I have to step away and you, you need to go get an attorney. Um, but if it, it, I want to make it clear that there's going to be that that line in the sand where we can get to a certain point and then you're going to have to move on. If it's a highly contested case, like there's a bunch of stuff going on already, Um, it's a big mess, then generally I'm saying, don't waste your time with me. Take that money, even though I could save you some money, take take that money and go hire an attorney because you really need one right away. You need someone in your corner right away. You need some legal advice right away, as opposed to me doing the financial disclosures, your response, and then you get an attorney two weeks later. It doesn't really make sense to me at that point. So that's why generally if your spouse has an attorney, now if you're amicable, uh, that's a different story. So we have clients uh, that come to us that are referred by attorneys and they say, um, you know, hey, I'm representing wife and call Tim. Tim will do your side of the paperwork, but they're in agreement and the attorney is going to do the settlement agreement. That's totally different. Happy to help in those cases because we're just doing the financial disclosures and the response and everything you're l- legally mandated and required to do. But then you're just then the attorney's going to draft the settlement agreement and then you guys are done. That's a different story altogether. Happy to help in those cases. Number five, okay, big news. Alameda County officially allows for e-filing. <laughs> this is amazing because they are one of the last few. There's probably still a dozen left that haven't done e-file yet, like Solano. Um, but in Alameda County, we have a ton of cases up there. A lot of Northern California or in Central California um, divorce cases and e-filing, it makes a huge difference. Now, with LA County, it's full on the entire process is e-filed. We're talking Alameda is now just allowing the initial petition to be filed. They have a long way to go. I'm hopeful that all counties go to e-file on the entire process. It'll make it such a quicker and more seamless process. And it will allow some of these old school courts that that don't even have, there's still uh, counties out there that don't have any e-file at all. 
that they want original signatures. They won't even allow for a facsimile signature or a scan signature or a DocuSign on anything. Um, they're just, they're really a pain in that way. They need to step into the um, 21st century. Um, I don't know what, what that's about. I think they like keeping the grind of, you know, killing trees and, you know, a, a stack of a judgment package this thick that we have to send up to court, which is still the case with these. But Alameda County, we're glad to have you on board for the e-file. We filed our first e-file with Alameda County today. I think they just started last week. So I'm glad to do that. Number six. All right. Spouse in jail. Haven't talked about this in a while. We've uh, Spouse in jail is kind of like spouse out of country. Doesn't matter where they live. As long as they're cooperative, we can get it done. Um, the call today uh, left a long message, but basically spouse got out of jail. They want to file for divorce. They don't know where their spouse now who is left out of jail, where they live. And so that becomes a problem. It goes back to my first question. Are you guys amicable or not? Are they going to sign off and participate and agree or not? This appears not to be the case, but if you're even to start your divorce process, the first thing after you file that you have to do is you have to serve your spouse. Um, I know people ask about the ability to serve by uh, publication, but it's not as easy as it sounds. You have to get court approval for that. And the court is going to make you jump through so many hoops before they allow a service of petition by publication. Generally speaking, that's going to result. All the things they force you to do is going to um, cause you by default to actually find them because they want you to check social media. They want you to check a phone book as if it's still applicable. They want you to do a Google search. They, they want to up and including hiring a private investigator to try and uh, locate them. I had two cases. What are we in November and in November? I had two divorce cases in October or September. And they, when they called, they said, Tim, you know, I don't know where my spouse lives. And I told, and basically my spiel is, um, you know, you're going to have to take the time to locate them because if you go through all the steps, the court's going to force you to go through, you actually will find them. And I think the court knows that. And that in doing that will be faster than going through the service of publication route because the service of by publication route takes so much additional time. You have to number one file. Let me run the, run this, the dates by you. You file it for your you file for divorce. You get the petition filed. Then you have to file a, a request for publication that can take a couple of weeks to a couple of months to get approved by the court. Then you have to do the publication public. Then you have to um, public put it in the paper for 30 days, then 30 days after that is when they're actually technically considered served. So at a minimum, 90 days out. So go find them. You know where they're at. I know a lot of people say, I don't know where they're at. Every time I ask, well, can you find them? Well, yeah, if I try, I get it. You don't want to deal with them. You just want to do the, try and do the publication or not have them served, but that's the rule. You have to have them served. That's the process. So just find out where they're at. In fact, it might even be better to find out where they're at before you even file your divorce case. Okay, that was number seven. I covered wife, spouse in jail and number seven, which is your spouse has to be served no matter what. Number eight, why I don't just review your judgment paperwork. So once in a while, I'll get a call and they'll say, Tim, I did my all of my paperwork all on my own, whether they use my videos or not. And they got to the judgment phase and their judgment was rejected. And they'll ask, Tim, can I email me? Your, can I email me your, can I email you my documents? And um, can you just look them over and tell me what's wrong? And the answer is no, I can't do that. And here's why. Because even if I looked at your judgment package, reviewed everything and perfectly corrected every error on there, 
which by the way would take more time than me just doing it correctly from the get-go i don't know what's right wrong or different in your summons petition proof of service notice and acknowledgement and all other documents leading up to the judgment if those are right or wrong if they're wrong they can cause a judgment i talk about this all the time so when you hire me I have to take over your entire case. If I'm going to look over your judgment, I can't then just not review your initial documents because if I turn in your judgment, it's going to get rejected too if there's something in the past you filed that's incorrect, which 99%, maybe not that high, 90% of the time, there's an error in the petition when people hire me when they to take over their judgment and finalize their divorce case. There's an error in the petition that is causing the judgment to reject that's not even being noted by the um court because they're just rejecting the judgment based on the, how the judgment was submitted they haven't even gotten to rejecting it because of all the other problems in your case and this goes back to me telling you the, the courts are not reviewing any of your documents your petition your proof of service your disclosure forms anything you filed until you turn in that judgment that's the first time the court actually pulls your file starts reviewing documents and that's why you can get a three or four page laundry list of reject items that's why I don't uh, just review your judgment paperwork because I feel once I put my eyes on those, let's say you even pay me a small fee. And that's generally what people why people are wanting to do this as opposed to hire me to take over their case. They want to just pay me a couple bucks to look it over. If I do that, not only is it not a good use of my time, but if your judgment gets rejected and you pay and you paid me, you're going to blame me and I'm not going to have that happen. The only way I'll take I'll handle your paperwork is if I take over the entire case for both of you and I'm able to review all documents leading up to and then being able to finalize your paperwork for you. Number nine, where to sign on your judgment after the after your judgment form. So this goes back to my rant about the gal who called me and says she's going to rat me out on Yelp for not giving her free information. Then her question was, after she said she was going to uh, write a bad review on Yelp for me, and then after I told her, look, I don't do these for free. It's not free advice. It's to see if we can work together. And you have obviously no intention. She said, well, maybe you should note that. And by the way, can you still help me and tell me how, where I sign on the 343 and 345? First of all, did I say this? She has some balls to come back and ask for help after she said, threatened me, basically, in an email. Um, so I put this at the end because I, I want to be mean, but I still want to help people. When you do your judgment, the 180, the 343, 345, there is no signature page there. You don't sign on those on those forms. If it's a default with no agreement, you don't have to sign it at all. You would just have the 180 and the 343 and the 345. If it's a default with agreement and you just have a, a 180, the 343 and the 345, behind that, just put a signature page. That's it. It's that simple. Tim Blankenship, Divorce 661 Daily Perspective, Episode 32 for this Monday. November 27th, 2023. Hope you're having a great day. I'm feeling much better. Talk to you.